Welcome to the Billy Jenkins Listening Club. Short webcasts, or what I like to call, in keeping with my photographic interests, snapcasts, offering a unique oral insight into Billy Jenkins, the man and his music. This episode is entitled, Recording Billy. Billy has said it many times before, and will say it again. Never forget that performance is performance, and recordings are recordings. When Billy would step off the stage and take his guitar and musicians into the recording studio, there is one person who, from their first collaboration in 1984, has since recorded, produced and advised the musician for, Billy thinks, at least 25 albums, including the track you're listening to now, Invocation 7, from the True Love Collection, which was first released in 1998. That recording engineer and producer is fellow South East Londoner and guitarist Tony Messenger, who I interviewed for another Snapcast entitled Ronald Reagan, when he discussed, amongst other things, how he and Billy first met. Billy was keen to emphasise that, were it not for Tony's genius and recording skills, the spontaneity and real-time creativity that is so much part of his work would never have been documented in such a timeless way. Tony's amazing empathy was not just with the musicians and the music, but in retaining the tonal essence of an instrument. And he could take whatever Billy would literally throw at him, from solo acoustic guitar to larger ensembles improvising simultaneously. And, as a take was completed, Billy would wait for Tony's response for the guitarist always trusted Tony's instincts and reactions 100%. He has the ability to keep up with Billy's sometimes technically challenging situations without ever compromising the energies of the players. I asked Tony what it was like being in the studio with Billy and how he recorded him. I enjoyed it immensely, but the songs, and the, you know, it's really difficult remembering who played on what because there were so many players, you know. It's just every album had have a different set of players. Dawson on percussion, Martin France on drums. There's uh, various people from my way on uh, backing vocals. Oh, I didn't remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, such a, an output, really. I don't know what to say, but... Uh, uh, that's cool. Um... Because I always use the same, I mean, I always use the same mic setups because Billy liked the sound of it, you know, it was mm-hmm. like uh, technical, it was D12 or D112 for the bass drum, uh, uh, 58 for the snare, a couple of overheads, and AKGs for the toms, really. It's uh, everything was mic'd up with those kind of microphones. I mean, we had, had Neumanns and AKGs, but it seemed to be a better sound, really. 
uh, with those kind of microphones uh, straight through um, an Allen Heath desk or an RSD desk um, into Fostex E16 for the technical people out there. <laughs> um, and it was always, Billy would just come in, run through, sometimes he'd have a rehearsal beforehand, but he'd just run through the song once or twice, and then people would just go for it. It was, it was all done very quickly, but still sounding great at the time. Billy changed my life because I wanted, I was always into recording, but it was normally, um, well, it was normally just two track, you know, I'd have, I'd have a two-track machine or a cassette machine and then moved on to DAT and that. But being able to do multi-tracking, I then bought, uh, I had a four-track and as we moved on with Billy, I had an eight-track and then a 16. And now I think I've got every track under the sun, 24 tracks, old machines, everything. But it, it was totally through Billy and all the people he knew, like, you, you know, um, loose tubes and all, uh, all those people booking in. Uh, and that's how I got massively into recording people and, and since then done loads of people. I remember um, it, it was just phenomenal. You know? Billy, it's just, he had access to so many people. They would always turn up. He would say, I'm doing this. I want you to play sax. I want you to play trombone. I want you to play tuba. You know, they would turn up and play. You know, he was, a, he was just great at what he did. And I think everyone appreciated it because he... Um, I think he employed everybody, you know. And, uh, and the Fun Haunts of Berlin. Yeah. Oh, oh what an amazing yeah. group of guys Yeah, they were. yeah. Billy always had great horn sections, but they were outstanding. You know, it, 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 I think he'd turn up and for the gigs, they'd, they'd have the sheets out and they'd, they'd run through them and they'd just play them. You know, they were such good musicians, they could just sight read it and it would be perfect. By the time they got to the recording, they'd have only run through it once maybe and then once in the studio and that's it. It would be, that's how it would be. You know, it was, they, they were that good players that everything sounded right. Uh, and so there was no time really ever wasted in the studio because they'd be straight on it and then we'd move on to the next one. As soon as it sounded good, there was a good take. And there really was never, I don't think we ever did more than three takes of anything, not that I can remember. Uh, and a lot of time it was the first take, um, which is really unusual when you've been working in studios and work with loads of other bands. Mm -hmm. They tend to want to narrow it down, you know, keep getting it, hone it and that. And in the end it can sound, it sound quite sterile, but Billy's never really did. It always sounded like, they were they were really going for it, and which they were. Seat in their pants. It was, it was exactly like that. <laughs> Fantastic. Some of the most amazing amazing players would just turn up, and I'd think, oh god, that's Ian Bellamy, oh Django Bates, Andy Shepherd. It's literally everyone on there was just they were amazing players. Still are amazing players, but um, it, it was just it was really like going down Blackheath Field in an old Volkswagen with out and he breaks that's what it felt like for me <laughs> and my partner in the studio he just sat at the back and said i don't know what's happening just do what you're going to do and it was it really really like that it was totally out of control but it was, was such fantastic times amazing just seeing all these people i mean there's so many you can't uh, you know i can't name them all it, it will take half an hour to name the people that billy's played with excellent now is there any particular album or maybe, are there any particular albums that stand out in your mind? Um, yeah, the um, True Love Collection is one, which was, ah. you know, it was, uh, it, it, that was 
that was just really good recording that. We Reco recorded that at my place and a place uh, in Horton Kirby, which is a friend of mine's little studio there. Um, and it was, I think Dave Ram arranged some stuff on it uh, and Django Bates. I remember Django Bates turning up with a brand new Korg synth. I think it was just this digital, it was just mad sounding synth. And he'd just been given it by Korg. Uh, I think it was a Z1, it might have been, or a Prodigy. I can't remember exactly, but it was just it had the most amazing presets on it. And he he played it all through uh, the whole of the album, uh, tweaking it constantly. And just that's where all the mad sounds, all the synth sounds on there come from. Um, but the band, you know, by that time it was it was late 90s, I think, and it was everyone was really at the top of their game. Just sounded, just sounded amazing. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah. Everything sounds amazing with Billy. You know, he brings these people in, and they just, they just play so fantastically. You know, because that album now, um, eighteen years after its release, um, probably nineteen years after its recording, has been listed by the BBC in its top fifty jazz albums of all time. It came in at number thirty-six. How does that feel? Yeah, that just feels great. You know, there's people in there, Miles Davis, I think, uh, Weather Report, Wayne Shorter. It, it, you know, and it, to be at number 36 is just, it's just fantastic. It's, I don't, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm just, I was so, when Billy rang me up, I was totally blown away. I just thought, I think I'll crack a bottle of champagne open here just to be in with these people, you know. I'll leave Tony savouring that full-deserved champagne moment while thanking him for his time. And I'll leave you, the listener, with a bit more of Invocation 7 from the 1998 True Love Collection album. Directed by Billy on guitar, it features Ian Ballamy on tenor saxophone, Dave Ram on keyboards, Steve Watts on double bass, Mike Pickering and Martin France on drum kits, the Fun Horns of Berlin and trying out all his synthesizer sounds, keyboard player Django Bates. The album is now available to listen to on many popular streaming platforms, or it can be downloaded from your favourite online store. By paying for the tracks, you will be helping Billy to continue his life's work. You can find out more about his music at billyjenkins.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>